It's reporters assemble. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. You heard it. The sports reporters have indeed assembled because it is Friday afternoon, and I am joined as I am every Friday afternoon on this very podcast by my good friend up there in Detroit, Michigan, of the Detroit Free Press, Andrew Hammond. Andrew, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. It's not raining at the moment. It's been raining all week. I don't know what uh, the weather's been like in your neck of the woods. It, it rained here. It, it rained here like yesterday evening and part of today, but the sun's kind of trying to peek out right now. So uh, I don't know. Um, it'll probably rain a few more times before uh, before midnight. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Also here. From the Daily Beast, my good friend, Robert Silverman. Bob, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good. I just came with a wave of nausea. I don't know what it is. I just ate a, I had some, some brie on some bread uh, for lunch, and now suddenly I have to hit with that, you know, that, that just, uh, that like when those cascading waves of feeling unpleasantness just sort of start rolling over you. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's because I'm hearing your voice, mm. it's the brie, but it could be either. Generally, I, I get those feelings when I'm watching my football team on Sundays. Mm. Ah, which is your team, Andrew? The Minnesota Vikings. Uh. <laughs> I hate everything about this team, too. I hate the coaches. I hate the, I, I hate the quarterback. I hate that the best offensive player on the field or the best, the most important offensive player on the field uh, is basically just pretty much breaking down in front of us. And I hate it all. And yeah, other than that, everything's fine. Is Dalvin Cook Cook washed now? Is that what we're saying? He's not, he's not, but you can definitely, because you see it in running backs all the time. And uh, and, and you, you start to see them pick up injuries and the bounce back isn't as isn't yeah, as they, good as you think or isn't as um, comfortable as you think and you something know something ineffable is lost with each minor right tour. and then they kind of start to pile up a little bit and the and the gaps between injuries get much shorter yeah it, not fun um mm. And it happens to Madison, everyone. Though. Madison's a quality backup. He, he is, but the issue is you still have the guy who hands the ball off to him. I don't like him. Mm. Because he's not, because he's not that good. I backs. think he's a top 10 uh, in quarterback rating at the moment, actually. Kirk Cousins is, is like one of the best is, graded Vikings this year. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, like if you, if you took away the name Mm. And you just put, you know, whatever quarterback. It's a great quarterback name. It's a great quarterback name, but he stinks. Captain Kirk. That's a solid nickname. You can just slide I, that right I, in there. He has three to four games a year where he looks like a Hall of Famer. And the rest of the time, he's utterly, utterly mediocre. And, and you, you know what the amazing thing about Kirk Cousins is? And I will get this thing back on track, which <laughs> I kind of enjoy about our podcast is mm. that one. One one of us will completely sidetrack it, then we kind of center back. But um, you were due for it. Bob's been doing it as of late. Yeah, it was time for you yeah. to to take the yeah, ticket. Here's, here's strong Kirk Cousins take. Here's 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 the here's the amazing thing about Kirk Cousins' career. Mm. Kirk Cousins' career basically exists because the Washington, the former uh, 
the the former owner and coach of the Washington franchise were so split on they were Robert Griffin the third ruining Robert Griffin's career. It, it, they, they were so they broke, Shanahan freaking broke him, and then the owner got a got a bit of a a, a crush on Captain Kirk, and that's why well, he has and, that's, and that and that's the amazing thing is that basically because they were they were picked in the I believe they were picked. In the they same were. draft, mm-hmm. and that's when that's when DC traded up to get uh, Griffin yeah. third, and then they went and took Cousins out of Michigan State in because it was just like, hey, one of basically it was like they're out of following spite. their board, they are they're, remaining faithful to their belief in their draft board. You gotta, you have to give them credit. For that. So uh, I just want to say that I appreciate the fact that basically the Washington franchise and the Washington, uh, you know, leadership decided to basically just spite each other and draft this dude. And now Minnesota decided, oh, you know what? We're going to pay for him. And now I'm unhappy on Sunday. Minnesota's quarterback before Cousins? It was Case Keenum. But the but the. But here's the thing about Case Keenum. It was like, yeah, he's a bridge to some. He was clearly a bridge, but he's a bridge to somewhere, but we don't know where. And then they just decided to leave it in. Uh, what's his name? Joe, the running quarterback who they would bring in occasionally to spell Keenum. Joe. Oh, Joe Webb. Joe, Joe Webb. No, no. Was Spurgon no. Wynn? Was Spurgon Wynn ever a Viking? He was in like mid 2000s He was like post. It was it was post Moss pre. Uh, yeah, it was it was pre Farb. I know that, but I do know that it was like during the party boat years. Was he? Which was like, he? Was be fifteen year anniversary anniversary of that, by the way. So mm. happy anniversary! There you go. Um, I was always more of a Gus Farrat guy myself. Big Gus Farrat guy over here. God, Gus for Gus Farrat basically just headbutting himself into a wall is still art. So who is who then is the best Vikings quarterback all time? Randall Cunningham. Oh, no, the last like twenty years. Randall Cunningham. I go Dante Culpepper. Or I guess yeah, Cunningham's probably. not the last twenty, right? He's like twenty-five. No, Cunningham. Yeah, it, it would be. It would be. It would be Culpepper. No, it'd be Favre, yeah. right? No, the answer is Favre here. No, no. It's Favre. Yeah, one year. No. I think that was his their best year. year, though. No. I think the answer no, is Favre. It's, it's still no. I don't think it's Culpepper. I'm, I'm still taking Culpepper. Actually, it might be. It might be Sam Bradford. Here's, no, the, here's kidding. the thing with Favre, though. Mm-hmm. Favre basically operated out of giving the middle finger to the Packers. Mm. And it works, but when you decide to throw an interception at the worst possible time in the most Vikings way possible, yeah, you had fun that year. I don't mean, don't look, lie to I me. Gotta, you love the Favre year. Had about twelve games of quality jet, of Brett Favre experience with the Jets, and meanwhile he was you know sending. Did he? Did they? Five. Did they make the playoffs? No, they didn't. They crashed and burned. They started out at least eight and four. Yeah, that's right. And then far hurt his shoulder, and they went one and three down the stretch. Of they also had those navy blue and gold uniforms or whatever. Remember that oh, year? Oh, the Titans. The, 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 uh, the New York Titans. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Those Which were awful. I kind of liked them. Oh, no. 
No. One for okay for fun. No, they, no. They kept those, those Starbucks going for years. Sanchez worked both the home and the road version. It, and you know what you know, I was kind of upset about? Mm. They never wore, like, the jet green 1968 uniforms. They did. Don't get me into Jets throwback history. <laughs> In 94, when they did the 75th anniversary uniforms, this is while the Jets were still wearing the Kelly green and black former size yeah. uniforms. They did, as part of that year, wear the Kelly green Namath Jets uniforms. Yeah. The, we call it the, uh, the, but the problem is, for some reason, they couldn't figure out how to order white helmets. And so they just had the green... They, yeah. They, they had the green helmets with the green logo, so they just looked awful. And four I years later, four years, if, if you have a Johnny Johnson starter jersey somewhere, it, it may look like that. But four years later, they went back to a... Parcells, by the way, was the one who insisted that they go back okay. to... Mm. Marcel's was the one who did it, and there's I think there's a quote from George Seifert, somewhere yeah. on the Niners. The Jets played the Niners in the opening game that, that year. They lost on like a, a, a oh, long, the uh, the the Garrison, Garrison Hurst. Hurst, yeah, Garrison Hurst, running. long long touchdown. And Glenn Foley was still starting. This is before Tesla. Fuck Burton. Glenn Foley, by the way. <laughs> wow. That's the strongest opinion I think I've ever heard about Glenn Foley. Um, so Glenn Foley played at Boston College in '93. Uh, Boston College beat Notre Dame. I cried like as a four-year-old. I was like, <laughs> so you know what? Fuck Glenn Foley. Mm. In any case, Foley comes out to start the Niners-Jets game in the opening game that year. And I think it was Seifert who said, like, when he saw him, he was shocked. He was like, what the hell is that? He's like, who is that? Is that Namath walking out there? They were very surprised. But the way that they messed those up is that they went from Kelly Green to Green Bay Packers Forest Green, and it just became a very drab uniform. Because if your only color is green and white, the green needs to really pop. Right. And so the whole thing... And they kept that look. And the other problem is they have these, you know, ornate sleeve stripes, which just don't work on a modern uniform because nobody's sleeves are long enough to create a full circle. So nobody can really wear shoulder attractive and well-designed shoulder sleeves in football anymore. Mm. Well, don't forget, folks, you can listen to Discontinued Bob. stripes are mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> it is poor design. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the NBA has instituted, because they're part of the Nike template, uniform discontinued stripes, I find it it's insulting, frankly. Mm. Well, couldn't relate. Offensive. My my team's offensive to my sensibilities as a fine artist. My uh, the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Hawks. You want to talk about Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans? Uh, Halloween candy uniform. Tennessee style? Titans, the Tennessee Volunteers, Whatever. sir. If you're going to make your way down to Knoxville in the future, Bob, you gotta you gotta know what you're talking about here. Happen. Yeah, I, I'm excited. It's gonna be great, Andrew. You got to be I'm here for this too. Go Vols! Yeah, I've I so I've been to. I, I'm very into. I anticipate. I'm very excited about like Bob's experience because like I've been to Neyland for a Tennessee Florida game. Mm. Fantastic! Like I feel like Bob needs to get a big game in Look, Knoxville I, experience. I have gone to kickboxing matches. In Bangkok, okay? <laughs> so I have seen some wild sports. Let me tell you something. You go to sort of a really janky uh, quasi-underground kickboxing match in in, uh, in Bangkok, the first thing is the concessions are surpass anything you'll get anywhere in the United States. 
and they're mm-hmm. quite priceless. Because they quite. kill the animals right there, right? <laughs> wow, racist. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm like dead serious. Like it's no, like, it's not. It's just Thai, it's just Thai street food, man. It's all <laughs> it's like tiny sausages, sticky rice. You can get a little newspaper filled with pad Thai if you want. It's all amazing. Oh, that actually sounds bomb. No, and I wasn't like trying to be racist. <laughs> But in any case, because you know you've been to you've been to a game in America, you know uh-huh. how prepackaged our bullshit is. Right. I'm just telling you, for like ten baht, which is a quarter, you can get an outstanding meal at a Thai kickboxing match. The only problem is the first thing is you walk in and it's like you know it's the ring is set up in the middle of like a bar. So you're in a bar and everyone's milling around. And what you realize when you're sort of checking out, you realize you haven't bought for the expensive seats, which I think were a dollar. Or forty tie box, but we we stood we stayed in the SRO seats because the seats up front. It, this wasn't an arena or anything. It maybe sat you know a hundred people, so we're just like we'll be in the bar and we'll watch. And the first two rows, they all have plastic stretched out all over them, and we're like, what the hell is the plastic for? Are they are those special seats or what's going on? And then the match starts, and these two guys, these you know maybe you know. Not we were not watching heavyweights fight. These were five five hundred pound soaking wet guys. And the thing is, the plastic is when the blood splatters out of the ring onto the front row and like <laughs> and like Gallagher, everyone has to pick the plastic up quickly to keep from getting splattered. Jesus. Mm. So yeah, I'm ready for whatever Knoxville has to offer us. It's Coliseum. It's gonna be great. Chase, mm-hmm. Chase, what, what, uh, what SEC venue would Bob feel most afraid at? Oh, that's easy. The the, the... LSU. No. Oh no no no! I think I know what you're. Talking. I think I know what you. College Station. No, not College what? Station. No. Guys, I'm just, I'm talking about like Gallagher like plastic sheets, and mm. I'm doing, yeah, I feel but, like I can I, handle I, I, No, it's just very different. Like it, I, it's. I, I want to put you in the most uncomfortable SEC. It's Old Miss, by the way. That's it's the Grove. No, I need to Bob no. through the Grove is a different situation entirely. No. I know. I, 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 I can handle Starkville, man. I can handle that. It's not Starkville. Oh, no, See, you're already off to a bad start. That's not Mississippi oh, State's a different no, program. No, no, no. So he oh, would be fine. He would be fine at Ole Miss. You think I, so? I, I, feel like, I feel like he would be fine at Ole Miss. Okay. We take it to like a midnight yell in College Station. Okay. Hilarious. Because I mean, Neilan's a different I, breed. Like he, Bob's gonna ask. He's gonna hit me like four times. Like, are they doing Rocky Top just every forty-five seconds? Did <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. I can blend in, man. I will. I am. I know. I will follow the Anthony Bourdain lesson plan mm-hmm. and just, you know, experience and enjoy and celebrate the locals. I'm not gonna, yeah, you know, no, I'm not no. gonna wear like a, a corduroy jacket with. <laughs> yeah, this no, is my I friend Paddington. Time. I, 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 Bob, I need you in College Station for, uh, for 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 a midnight yell Texas A and M weekend. Mm. Like no, I, I I feel like that's where it would be the most. Is this a cult? Mm-hmm. Like you would just, you would be asking that several times. Is it's is this a cult? Yes, it is. Well, I've got some NBA questions for you guys. Um, sure, but before we Speaking get there, of cult, 
Speaking of cults, the NBA um, and people who want to get canceled really bad, who used to cover the NBA and may not, but they really, really want to get canceled so that. uh, Oh, God. Who? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Shit. Fuck. (laughs) Language. We will we will not divulge because I I don't want to give that said person a Mm-hmm. I don't want to give uh, I don't want to give a platform to said person, um, but don't forget, folks. You can follow Bob on Twitter.com at Bob Sayeta. Go subscribe to the Daily Beast if you've not already. Support the the good journalism over there. Also support the good journalism at the Detroit Free Press. So go subscribe and check out the Detroit Free Press if you've not already. Follow Andrew at Aham Free Press. Uh, go to ChasingMostPodcast.com today uh, if you like listening to Andrew and Bob. And myself every Friday. Make sure to leave us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you are an Apple Podcast listener. Helps more than you know. And lastly, uh, make sure to subscribe on sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com right now every day. Uh, go again, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Um, NBA questions for you guys. I have one Western Conference question and one Miami Heat question because I've been going back and forth. The NBA is almost here. Um, we have a good feeling for a lot of different teams in the league. Um, I'm exhausted just talking about the Ben Simmons, Kyrie stuff, the Andrew Wiggins you know stuff. going to be good? The New York Knickerbockers, baby! Not a playoff oh! team. Not a playoff Man, team. And then... He's he's going to be so disappointed. He really I is. I don't think he knows what's coming. They are the Georgia football fans of the NBA. Mm. I watched one preseason game and Kemba Walker Oh, 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 buddy. Oh, but but are you in a tunnel now, Bob? It sounds like you're walking farther and farther away from your microphone as you're talking about Kimball Walker. Well, yeah, I am. There you are. Okay. Um, There's a fan on me. Okay. Because of the the light nausea that I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. uh, from possibly a cheese sandwich or or Chase Thomas. Mm -hmm. Either one of those three or Mm -hmm. all the above. Okay. Um, but my two questions: Will the Warriors challenge for a top seed, top four seed in the no. West, and will the Miami Heat challenge for a top four seed in the East? I've watched one Heat preseason game when they yeah. played the Hawks. I've watched a little bit of the Warriors. I've gone back and forth on this Jordan Pool. A lot of people are buying some some Jordan Pool stock right now. Um, what do you think? From- Sports writers who went to Michigan or... Hey, well, that's a lot of them. That's a lot of them. Okay. Were there more sports writers who went to Michigan or Northwestern? Uh, we're, we're not going to get into the whole Medill uh, journalism mm. school. Dialogue. As a Medill grad. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, Wait, Jordan who's a Medill grad has, here? Jordan Poole is, could have a very nice uh, scoring guard off the bench type career. Jordan yeah. Poole is very... He's like, like, like Jamal Crawford or another Jordan, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan All Crawford, for that matter. Former yeah. warrior Jordan Crawford, Xavier yeah. Legend. Exactly. Oh, was uh, that a was that a pun? Did so you exactly so you there on know, purpose? So you want to know about the so you want to know about the uh, the light years ahead, um, Golden State Warriors I, and I the Miami Heat. I want to get your perspective. Which do you think but is more likely? The Miami Heat. Miami Heat are, are going to be they're going to be good again. They're okay. very you know they're they're a little top heavy. Um. Uh, I worry about the bench depth, but you know it's Spolstra. As, as NBA coaches go, Spolstra might rank as one of the more underrated ones. Like nobody mentions him in terms of, okay, here are the top five NBA coaches. You know, you you'll hear about. Wait, who doesn't do that? Everyone does that. 
No, Spolster doesn't make it. Spolster, got- did he not just get like a preseason coach of the year stuff? He's absolutely regarded I'm as a top five coach. Generally, he's not the first. I, I guarantee you, Brad Stevens' coaching acumen gets talked up a lot more than Spolster's. So, yeah, no, I, I, will agree, I will agree with Bob there. Um, but if it, 2020 basically had me saying, okay, yeah, Spo is a Hall of Fame coach. Like, he's. He's there. Well, he's already done it. The thing that makes him immediate Hall of Fame is he did it with the big three and he did it with uh, a bunch of collection of guys around Jimmy Butler. Like the fact well, that he's shown that he can but, win with nothing and then win with everything. I mean, that's just his consistency, mm-hmm. his consistency and team building. And yes, Pat Riley has a lot to do with that. But guess what? I, I, you've got to coach those guys because as we've seen, there are franchises who just really suck at that yeah i don't, I don't disagree I name any andrew what do you think uh i've got so i'm extremely high on the heat okay i've got them in the nba finals oh uh, oh i well and here's the thing people might take it as a hot take mm-hmm. is it a hot take if you i'm looking around the east and i'm like okay it's difficult to repeat. It is uh, the East is more wide open. I would say. Well, nobody one, knows what's going to happen. No one, one knows who Kyrie's going to play. If yeah, well, and and it's it's more wide open one through, I'd say six. And I'm not saying that you know. I think, the, I think look, if Kyrie just buckles and gets the jab, I think the, the Nets are going to run away with it. Right now, though, we just don't know. I mean, and it's going to the Bucks are going to be extremely good again. If Philly can figure out what to do with their sad Australian man, I think they'll be really good again. And then Miami, those are the top four teams, full stop. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And, and I think that there are, there are avenues, because I agree with Bob. I think those four, but after that, four in, ter- in terms of, I'd say, seven, six, seven, or five, six, seven, are more much closer to four this year it's, than they were a year ago. So say their I, name: the Atlanta Hawks can win the East this year. The Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks could absolutely win the East. This year. Yeah, no, like the, there are seven teams where I would say, yeah, there's a path. Like they could, they could reach the the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Like sure. They just did. Uh, Look, if, if Kyrie, I'm, I'm, I'm saying they, 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 they are a team. I would. I'll throw another team out there, the Chicago Bulls. Oh no, we're not now. You, you, no, you, no, yeah. no. Wrong. I'm not saying that they. I'm not saying that they will. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that there, there is a path for some teams to. What, know, what Andrew is saying is in a. It's relatively self-contained universe with infinite possible probabilities. One of those probabilities is that the Chicago Bears are not bucked. And yeah, you can't deny that. Mm. I I just I think the Bulls will be a playoff team. I just don't I don't know. I don't see the upside of them really coalescing into a team that could challenge the Bucks, the Nets, the Heat, or the Hawks in a seven game series. Even the Sixers, really. Yeah, no, here here and this is why because I, I think that you're going to see perhaps the most improved division is going to be the central. 
Uh, well, let me stop you right there. Do we know who's in any divisions in the NBA anymore? Because now I'm going to have no, to look up who is no. in the Central. <laughs> Pistons. Uh -huh, the Pacers. Pistons, Pacers, Bulls. Cavs. So, like... The, the, oh, and by the way, the Bucks, there, yeah. there, there is something I like to call the uh, the East tax, which is if you look at some of these teams in the East, mm -hmm. boy, are they bad. So you can pad a few wins on. Who are the really bad? I was going to say, I think the East is actually deeper than the West this year. Yeah, the, uh, the Pistons are the Pistons are going to be. Oh, no, the Pistons uh, are good. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not saying that the Pistons are bad. I do think some teams are going to regress, though. Mm. Like who? Who's name names, man? I am going to. Um, as much as we like this team last year, the Hornets. Mm. I think no, they're going to be better. They're we're we're seeing in various leagues and, and in various sports that there is maybe a 2020 kind of I'm not saying there's an asterisk because there's not but do you think that having a full off season a a normal quote unquote off season for some of these guys and a majority of these teams helps maybe change things cuz I I remember thinking about maybe this. I mean, the Knicks look. The Knicks definitely got helped by the fact that uh, that Tibbs kept everyone pretty much oh, oh, absolutely. in a bunker and was just like, "Listen, I know some teams are figuring it out and mailing it in. We're just going to go pedal to the metal all the time." That absolutely helped. I mean, the fun thing that I thought that I was thinking of the other night, uh, and I mentioned this while I was doing my my dork fantasy basketball draft. Um, Nerd. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> is. Got the the Lakers won the twenty twenty title a year ago. Yeah, just one year. Mm -hmm. That's it, it, and if you try to think, hey, remember when the Lakers won the title? It seems a lot longer than that. I kind yes, of it does. Well, there's been a lot I of mean, basketball. For me, I, I think LeBron is not. If LeBron plays more than. 50 games i'll be very surprised well it's good that you say that because this is why i have just crossed off the lakers as a title team is that like we saw this last year where because they built a bad team well it's not even just that it's more okay so the thing with the lakers is that so do, you, do y'all remember the the conversations that people were having about like oh the okay, west could have bad team. i don't think it's the, the ideal roster that to build around a LeBron who needs to pace himself and Anthony Davis. I don't think. I think Westbrook Look, I think helps in the regular season. I just don't see uh, how this works in the postseason. I think he helps LeBron missing 30 games, but then you look at the numbers yeah. and uh, the Wizards were significantly worse when Beal missed time and Westbrook was leading the show. So it's not like you just exit LeBron and Westbrook and Davis are just going to kill it. Like I just no, I don't think no, that's a guarantee LeBron either. Is a, LeBron is a... I mean, what LeBron? Westbrook is... Uh, it, this is difficult because, like Westbrook, is Westbrook at his peak was so much freaking fun. I love Russell Westbrook, even though he is just a he's he, he is a, he doesn't have a lot of, of of smooth edges, but he is absolutely was a joy to watch 
during those Oklahoma City years. And but I don't think he helps a team win even in the regular season. I feel like he accumulates a lot of stats. Um, so there's that. But yeah. I mean, the Wizards are going to be better without him. Like Spencer did Didwitty is the long thing in the Athletic. I think it was about how the Westbrook basically recruited himself to the Lakers. <laughs> There's a good story. I think mm-hmm. it's the athletic, uh, which has a TikTok of that, uh, like Buddy Heel basically thought, "Oh, this is a done deal," and then Russell, <laughs> Russell, Russell did some scheming and managed to convince everyone to sort of put the kibosh on the Buddy Heel trade. And Buddy Heel, Buddy Heel is not a better player than Russell Westbrook, but Buddy Heel absolutely would fit fits better on this iteration of the Lakers. I would agree. Any someone who can play in their closing five. In a, in a big time yeah. playoff series. I don't think Westbrook can. I, I really don't think this is going to go well come postseason. I also just think they have to make a top four seed. Like that was what I was getting at. It's just that like the Lakers were a seven seed last year. Injuries derailed their season. I, I think that's partly going to happen again, even Adam with a full off season for AD. Adams, Adam Silver also derailed their season. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it too, but the broader point, LeBron's 37. LeBron's going to miss time. He's had two of three injury-riddled years now. Um, they're asking a lot of Malik Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker, guys like that. And I think you have to be a top-four seed to run that Western Conference gauntlet to have the home court. And what happened against Phoenix, I don't know if it happens if the roles are reversed and they're the two-seed and the Suns are the seven-seed. So, so, so who are the top-four seeds? Phoenix. I think it's the Jazz, the Nuggets... Um, depending on how quickly Murray comes back, and I, I even think without him, I think Jokic and Porter in that group—they're so deep. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, Porter, Porter, Maga, Porter could take a leap. Yes. Um, so I think those two for sure. I would lock in the Jazz. I think are having are, are going to have the best record in the NBA this year. Is my guess. Um, getting Conley back, I like the Rudy Gay signing. They're deep. They're going to play nine guys that are just going to play efficient. Uh, very very oh, difficult. The- Look, it, the Suns, I think, will still be a top four seed. They bring everyone back. I thought, it, I thought it was weird when the Jazz hired Ben Mendelsohn from the third Batman movie to coach the team. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's worked out really well for them. And then I think the wild card is either the Warriors or the Clippers as the four seed. I think the Warriors are going to be right there. Well, I just don't know. I mean, the, the Clippers looked great when... Reggie Jackson suddenly decided he was a superstar point guard mm-hmm. during the playoffs last year. Uh, does he do that all regular season? Are they okay? Just build. A, will we get a, a an entire year of really good Paul George, which never has really happened? Um, That's why you draft Terrence Mann to to step up when you need Terrence him. Terrence Mann is is going to silence the haters. That's <laughs> what I've seen from his posts. Um, you love a guy who can silence the haters, though. Yeah, they got they they're they, they've got a deep team. They'll be like Tyron Lue, also an incredibly underrated and good NBA coach. Yes, um, they'll be they'll be very good. There's just a lot of uh, any team. Look, if you said if you told me that any of I think Phoenix is clearly the best team in the West to me. Whether or not they win the most games is a question, but to me, they're the best team in the West. I I personally believe that this is the year that uh, DeAndre Ayton actually makes a jump and becomes a real offensive hub for them. So he gets that um, contract? Yeah, he wants that, wants that cheddar. He's I don't max Aiton. out Ayton until I see something different. Like, if he stays rim-running big, 
I, I don't. I'm not giving him the max. Um, but we'll see. He might have more to his game. So I want to see it before before I do that. He's clearly got the skills. To, I mean, I think it was actually really smart because in that first year, he looked like uh, an empty stats 2010 center. Not to say that 2010 is anything to shake a stick at, but he his rookie year, he thought, okay, he will score and grab rebounds for bad teams, and they and. To Phoenix's credit, what they said to him is, okay, concentrate on these two things. You're going to protect the rim, and you're going to snag every single possible rebound, and we will get you garbage shot points. But he absolutely has the skill set to be a dump the ball to him in the post when there's no other bucket available and go get some kind of a a player. Um, Whether it happens this year or not, I really do believe Aiden is that good. The the only thing that's confusing is he's got a bit of a a Greg Oden face thing where he looks like he's already 38 years old, Hmm. even though he's 24. It's very disconcerting to me that that's a 24-year-old. I have some breaking news for you guys on some NBA stuff, too. You ready for this? Yeah. From Zach Lowe. Some court design news per sources because I'm a sucker for that. Mavs plan to unveil a new court that has the names of every player who has ever played at least one game for the franchise, which includes 337 players into the baselines and sidelines. Eduardo Nahara, he's back. So the Mavs have decided to go with all in on remembering some guys. Yes, they have. David Roth is now running the marketing department. We're going to go with Marquise Daniels. (laughs) Auburn legend Marquise Daniels. I am Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rob, we're going to hang out. We're going to, guys, we are going to remember Dale Ellis <laughs> and and Jammin James Donaldson. We're going to remember Brad Davis, for that matter. Shad Bradley? We're going to remember uh, Popeye Jones. <laughs> hey, 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 Popeye Jones, who has two kids. Two kids. Solid hockey player. <laughs> That is now a fact that Popeye Jones is not a person. That that is now canon in the uh, Chase yeah. Thomas podcast. It's lore. Popeye Jones not a virgin. Popeye Jones had sex. Everyone knows this. No one can deny it. I'm just I'm just want to remember some more maps. Sam Michael Cassell. Finley. Sam Cassell briefly a map. Was Cassell really a map? Yep. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he got traded for kid when Phoenix. So won. yeah, so hmm. so Phoenix, I see... the Rockets traded him to Phoenix, and Phoenix traded him to the Mavs, and the Mavs traded him to the Nets, where he had those couple of good years there. Hmm. He was traded for Robert Pack. We're remembering uh, Robert Pack. <laughs> Bob, do you remember when? And Chase might be a little too young for this. Sorry, Chase. Hmm. Um, but like when Cuban first got the Mavericks. Like I'd say from maybe ninety was it ninety seven ninety eight till about two thousand four it was basically it was just I'm just gonna get some guys like that's all they, it was it, through, he traded everybody he ran through so many different players there because you know look he, the the team got good for two reasons one because they drafted they made that trade trading uh, Dirk for. Robert Tractor trailer, and then they traded for Nash, and that was the one that paid off. That really got them. And then they traded for Finley also, as yep. part of the Kid trade. I think mm. I think it was yeah. Finley and Cassell for Jason Kidd, and that's how they built the team. But he was he was really doing like the Trader Phil Esposito thing of just going of just dealing guys. Sean Bradley was involved in those trades. There was a lot. And and what was so funny about it is. 
it literally was if you would if you were to look at the rosters like and that's like my first thought when Chase was saying, "Oh yeah, they're going to add, you know, every guy every person's name who played on the Mavericks at least one game and I'm just like, so they're basically just doing the whole uh the first 4 or 5 years of uh of <laughs> Mark Cuban's run as owner because that was that was that was, that Nelly was, was still the GM then. Yeah, but that was, was but that oh. was peak remember some guys for, yeah, for, they, for that team. They definitely went through, like, yeah, Rodman played there for, I think, like 15 games or something like that. There's a there's a fantastic story. I want to say it was either Page 2 or The Ringer that did a kind of a deep dive into, or no, oral history of uh, his time with the Mavericks and how Cuban was like, oh, yeah, this <laughs> is a great idea. And uh, it I was probably see. when the Rodman documentary came out a couple of years ago. And a lot I of think it might have been Rodman. because, yeah. yeah, because I want to say it was either Dale Harris. Or yeah. Yeah, Dale Harris was like, no, I don't know. I do not want this. <laughs> um. My, 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 another strongly held belief that I have about the Mavericks is they really need to go back to the blue and green Western They font. really do. Have they... you seen the, the mishmash NBA throwbacks that they're wearing this year? It's sort of like it. But the, Wait, what? They, what are they doing? So they're doing like every, a... Yeah, what they're taking is every NBA team this year, in lieu of, I believe, the City Edition uniform, is going to get a special uniform that grabs various elements from uniforms in the past. Mm. I love the Sixers one, by the way. The Sixers one with the Spectrum uh, side, that's really nice. They got the Art Deco font. It's very nice. If you guys want to Google sportslogos.net, they'll have some photos of them. Or if you really want to get deep into NBA uniform, I suggest you follow the Twitter account Camisas de la NBA. Somehow this guy gets people to take pictures of uniforms when they show up at a motels and send them to him. So he will break as much NBA uniform news as anybody on the planet. It's um, actually NBA, impressive. NBA uniform tracker is also a quality follow. If you're again, a complete sicko like me, who's into this stuff, Same. but in it, TLDR, uh, so what they're doing, so you, you will take like the Lakers, for example, have a forum blue purple uniform, but it also has the light blue drop shadow from the first couple of years in Los Angeles when they wore uh, navy blue or you know royal blue and light blue. So it is a purple and light blue uniform, and it's also got the two stars on the side from when they were the Minneapolis Lakers. That is one combination. The Sixers, as Andrew mentioned, has the Art Deco font that they very briefly wore in the early 1970s on a navy uniform, which is kind of odd because the Sixers have never really worn navy blue. They've always gone with royal blue. But the cool part is on the sides, they have, again, Chase probably too young to remember this, um, they have the Spectrum in Philadelphia, had a, a rainbow wheel around the logo in center court, and they have that those colors up and down the side panels, so it's very nice. We've seen, you know, blurry images from design specs of, I think, half the teams that are doing it. Miami's uh, mishmash one really looks like a ransom note. It's god-awful. It's, is- it's, 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 Chase, it's basically, imagine Cleveland's rock uniforms yeah. last year, but just, you know... But, Just, but 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 with a few more colors thrown in for fun hmm. and get um, drunk. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll be happy to know, Chase, though, your Atlanta Hawks, mm. you know what they're rocking. What? Is it the big red, the big red hawk? It is the big red hawk. Yes. Yellow uniform. Okay. I'm okay with that. It's, it's tacky as hell. Yes. But I have a feeling you'll be seeing it at Coachella in about 15 years. <laughs> There you on go. some guy who is trying to sell you ditch weed. So you got that to look forward to, assuming there's a coach up in 15 years. But this has been your NBA uniform news update. I don't know what the next one is, though, although we did get a little peek at the logo. It's going to have a lot of black for black sake, because we were discussing before we hit record. So, eh, awesome. Bob, you know, I think we should replace the uh, college football minute with us just kind of geeking out on uh, NBA uniforms. Yes, we should definitely have uh, uh, Mr. Blackwell's fashion corner, but for NBA uniforms. Can we be, uh, what was the show, uh, In Living Color? You know when they did the film review? Can yeah. we Can we, Can we? we do that with uniforms? Sure thing, man. Hated it. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Wow. I... I... Didn't, a lot of words were just said, and a lot of a lot of stuff was just talked about that I am not familiar I, with. I have I, for a while there. I haven't done it this year because the Knicks haven't really debuted in a uniform format in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I would write extensive blogs for free on posting and toasting whenever the Knicks debuted in a uniform. Going into ex- like I I have a vast storehold of Knicks uniform and generally NBA uniform knowledge. It is utterly utterly useless for anything. It is certainly not monetizable at all. But, you know, if someone needs to check on something, um, I'm your guy. There you go. Um, Which brings us naturally to the NFL and the big-time veteran moves that were made this week. Andrew, Jalen Smith cut. Cowboys are paying him $7 million to not play football for them anymore this season. He's now a Packer. The Patriots get a six-round pick. Oh, did the Packers sign him? Yes, they did. And the Patriots... Trade yeah. Stephon Gilmore. Floated a rumor they were going to cut him to gin up some interest. How unpatriot like of them. Well, Completely. like. Why did they Why did they get rid of him? Well, he's on pup and he's. Muscle memory. He's over 30. Belichick doesn't like veterans on the backside. Like, he doesn't reward oh, for. Oh, Gilmore? Yes. Yeah. Like, that was something that he always does. But I just think that they missed the boat. Like, they probably should have traded him last year because they were in a yeah. gap yes. year anyway. And they weren't really doing anything. I would have moved him last year when his value was still a lot higher because now he's just been on pup and he's owed a lot more money. And it's just no one were bi- no one was biting. So, I mean, at least they got a six-round pick, but they could have gotten a, a lot more if they had traded traded him earlier than than they did. But I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect from Gilmore because most of the guys that Belichick does move on from in their 30s uh, fall off a cliff. So And people might yeah, point to Chandler Jones, the- but Chandler Jones was young. They moved yeah, off him young. One. Yeah. Once Belichick gets rid of them, they don't with them. And then, then he brings them back like Kyle Van Noy. Jamie Collins this week. Did the Patriots resign? Oh, Collins? they signed? Yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> now that's just trolling. Yeah, that, that really is. Well, one, it's trolling. And two, it's just kind of like, I, I can just only imagine, you know, the whole, okay, Matt Patricia brought one of his guys back in. And Belichick's like, yeah. You weren't happy with him, were you? It's kind of like a, a terrible relationship mm. where he's just like, yeah, you really didn't like that guy, did you? Cherokee this- Parks. There's another Maverick. <laughs> this is all Bob's oh, going to be man. thinking about for the rest of the day. 
You know, no, here's my thing. Like, I, I need this to be a gimmick for Bob. So basically, it just turns into it's kind of like you know, when you're listening to a terrible mixtape and they're just dr- and they're having two one too many drops. Bob just puts a remember some guys anytime we're talking about a team. Ryan Hollins. There we go. Desanya Jop, who was an assistant coach somewhere I saw. I think maybe in Dallas, actually. Yeah, that sounds about right. How old would y'all think Bob Costas is without looking? Oh, he's got to be like 66, 67. No, he's older than that. No, he. Bob Costas was doing color commentary for the freaking ABA, man. He's 69. He turned 70 next nice. year. Nice. Nice. I thought he was older. I really did. I was. He I was. was when he was out of college, he was. I, I know this because I wrote this story a couple of years ago uh, about a player named Jumpin' Joe Caldwell, mm-hmm. briefly in Atlanta Hawk. Chase okay. Thomas, a very good player for the Atlanta Hawks in hmm. the late 60s and early 70s. Briefly, Caldwell got blackballed uh, by, or at least that's what he believes, and I kind of agree with him, by the ABA and the NBA, and he got screwed out of a pension he felt he was deserved. He's been decades fighting them both in court even after the aba went defunct it was a cool story i spoke to joe caldwell i spoke to a lot of people and i spoke to bob costas for it because bob costas was the spirits of st louis play-by-play guy in 1975 that's wild he like got that job basically out of college so that's why i was like he's super like for as much as he's seen like i hate saying like He's in his 60s and he's young, but I was like, no, no, he's been doing this basically since he was looking like a 14-year-old. But he still does. He is oh, not he aging he, at all. And that's the reason well, I bring he, that up. The reason Costas just popped up because on the probably. timeline, he's doing the broadcast uh, for the postseason with like Buck Showalter and Roger Stone, it looks like. Oh, are, are they doing the, uh, are they, is that on MLB Network? Um, I'm not sure what they're on, but because someone quote tweeted and said the combined age of the booth is 216 years old, which is bonkers. Bonkers. Scott Brooks, Jason Kidd, Derek Fisher, <laughs> ABA and NBA coaches, former Mavs. Yeah. There you go. Well, and and my favorite Bob Costa story is the uh, is the John Gotti story. What's the John Gotti story? Okay, so basically, uh, he was so Bob, Bob Costas was in New York, and Missouri was playing somebody. They were playing playing like Syracuse or something preseason tournament, and so Bob Costas is there with Norm Stewart and all these you know Mizzou alums after the game at some uh, famous Italian restaurant. John Gotti walks in. And he's like, you know, basically at this point, John Gotti is the man um, and one of the most notorious people on the face of the earth. And so he recognizes Bob Costas. And I don't know what happens before uh, he leaves, but he recognizes Bob Costas and comes over to the table and is basically like he asked Bob Costas a question, but it was one of those things where it was like Bob Costas, like in any other setting, he would probably be like, no, I'm good. But it was, but you know, it's John Gotti at an Italian restaurant in New York city. There, there are no other alternatives you do what the man asks. 
And yeah, so basically it was just kind of like, yeah, John Gotti recognizes me. And (laughs) (laughs) and so I'll have to send you guys the clip, but Bob Costas tells the story and it's freaking hilarious. But yeah, just the fact that Bob Costas has that much clout um, and, and in terms of just, you know, when John Gotti wants to have a conversation with you, you have a conversation with John Gotti, no matter who you're with. Sure. I agree with that. I, I like it. Sure. Do you agree with uh, I, Gary Post being the Zodiac killer? <laughs> no. Um, no. <laughs> well, the, the fact Cruz, that the Zodiac killer is a Vikings fan makes all the sense in the world now. Ted, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer, not the guy named <laughs> Gary Post. Please tell me you've seen the pictures of the dude on Facebook. They're like, yep, that's Gary. <laughs> Ted Cruz. No one denies this. Don't fake news us, Chase. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm just, I'm laughing about the dude who's like, just like, yeah, that's old Gary. Who, he, he, he's a Zodiac killer and like... Everybody on Facebook's like, no, he's not. Stop, stop putting, pushing out misinformation. And this was like 2018. And he's oh, like, I'm looking at it right now. Glenn Barnes. He he said, my last visit with old man Gary Posty Zodiac question mark. God dang, I miss you, old man. Oh man, like it's fantastic. Like there's just like, yep, that's Gary. And everyone's like, no, it's no, 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 it's not. He's like, I freaking told y'all. Oh man, and the 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 look that he gives, like when when Gary's just like standing, staring straight, like basically knowing my my luxury box in hell is waiting for me, and his friend is sitting there just look at him like, oh, that's old Gares. Mm. Mm. I don't know, Bob. What can we? Your parents are going to thoroughly enjoy this podcast, especially at this part where we talk about uh, the Zodiac Killer's bestie. I like they'll be listening to it on the way back from Knoxville because they're in town for the for the game this weekend, so they're already pretty close. They they will not hear it on the way in, but they will listen on the way out. So hi, mom and dad. Okay, Um, hi, mom and dad. Thanks for listening to the pod. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. We went in depth about the uh, Zodiac Killer's bestie Mm -hmm. or not? If you laughed. But you're welcome for all the NBA uniform talk. I know that's why you guys tune in. That is why they tune in. That's why they tune in. Bob, we can find you on Twitter.com at Bob Sayetta. We can follow Andrew at Aham Free Press. Uh, follow myself at Chase Double Underscore Thomas. But yeah, great, great afternoon. This is one of our best pods, I think. I'm going to put this in the in the pantheon of the best sports reporters assemble spots. Sounds like it sounds good. I, I don't I don't well we'll we'll see we'll see if we can get a full pitchfork review of it and maybe hopefully mm. it'll hold yeah. Maybe. There you go. Uh I would give a kidney to either of these men on this podcast, but I would just like I would just like for them to publicly confirm that I gave said kidney and you know, just uh do something nice. And- We're not getting into <laughs> kidney dialogue, man. And 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 not <laughs> Well, and can, can I can I can I post a picture of you saying that's old Gare, <laughs> even though your name is Chase? That's old Gare. Nobody cares about the kidney story. <laughs> Goddamn self-involved media people. Bad art friend. Oh, who's the bad art friend? <laughs> Everyone is. Artists are artists are freaking succubi. That's their job. 
Bye, guys. I'll see y'all later. Alright, you heard it, the Atlanta Sports Guys. We have returned because it is Friday afternoon. And you know what that means? That means that we're 24 hours, uh, like not even removed, we're 24 hours away, rather, from the Michigan Wolverines trying to win another football game by not doing anything downfield, by just running up the I'm middle. Sorry. I'm sorry, wait. <laughs> First of all, how do we start the Atlanta Sports Guys with the Michigan Wolverines? Um, I'm still really what? upset about the Joe Milton stuff that you had to put me through the, the beginning of the season. Allowing I him to you. come to Knoxville. No, no, Tennessee put you through that, not him. <laughs> I, I blame Max because Max was like all off season. Y'all didn't hear this. This was off air, so there's no there's no audio tapes to back this up. Um, but all off season, Max was like, "Look, he was in a bad system in Ann Arbor." No, but no, one of the better no, things no. is he gets in the no, SEC. No, no. He gets in Josh Heupel's program. He no, has this amazing no, no, deep no. ball. He's gonna be able to fine tune it. He's not gonna throw it out of Nealon. He's gonna be able to hit the deep bomb. He's gonna run. Some people are saying he has the same body type as Cam Newton. Just, just buy in. Just wait. Just Stop buy in. <laughs> I was just, I was just setting your expectations where they needed to be, which mm. was he is not a good power five quarterback. He is not reliable, and he won't be ever. He could be a legend at Bowling Green, though. Like that's where I think he needs to go. He needs to be sure, like a group yeah. of five legend, where it's just he puts up these bonkers numbers. Um, like do what Terry Wilson did. Go, to, go to the Lobos. Go to New, go to New Mexico. Go somewhere like that. Go to UTSA. Um, they were undefeated, I believe, at this point still. Um, but here. Do you rank UTSA? Yeah. Wait, say that again? Ooh. Would you rank UTSA? Uh, I mean, they have a lot of good wins. Kevin Wilson's doing doing some good work. He's going to get a Power 5 job sooner yeah, rather than later. The Roadrunners. Group of five teams. Yeah. Group of five is, is having a pretty good, season, good, pretty good year, honestly. Pretty well, good. you know, Coastal Carolina's Jamie Chadwell will be on this very program next Tuesday, uh, working for a couple other big Power 5 coaches um in the the next few weeks but uh yeah exciting exciting times um but that voice i don't know if i introduced you yet or not garrett did i i, I did max because i'm still upset about max and what he did <laughs> with the michigan stuff and thankfully they're gonna get stomped by nebraska and scott frost on saturday they so are. i told you this yeah they're gonna lose this week they'll probably lose a few more games like i told you they're gonna lose last week i'm just you know pessimist michigan yeah michigan yeah, this he's just it. setting them up i mean i don't know dogs have a pretty good game this week Okay, well, the dogs the, the just... War, the good old War Eagle Tigers. I mean, people aren't really talking about that. The Everyone's talking about the Tennessee black uniforms. That's what the <laughs> folks are for folks are talking about. Dark mode oh, uh, got put... I didn't even know you guys were wearing black uniforms. It was a, it was all over Twitter.com yesterday. Don't act like you didn't see that, Garrett. Like, we, we rocked the internet. We, we shook the internet. Um, dark mode activated. Uh, Tennessee will be wearing black uniforms at noon against the, the vaunted... The vaunted Shane Beamer-led... South Carolina Gamecocks. People are wondering if South Carolina can walk into Nealon and uh, steal a victory. No, the answer is no. They still have the graduate assistant playing quarterback for him. No, Zeb's it's Zeb's on the bench. Now. It's Luke Doty, Doty, who is uh, rather bad. <laughs> he's he's not good. He's certainly not good. No, no. Only one sure. of of the three of us. Only one of our teams actually has a a reliable good quarterback. It's not K McNamara. It's not QB one Stetson Bennett. It's a uh, hidden hooker. <laughs> All right, here's a stat for you. Hidden <laughs> hooker's the guy I told you to start from the very beginning, man. Mm-hmm. I'm all aboard the hidden hooker train. There are three Power Five teams that have not uh, trailed all year. Can you name them? Uh, three Power Five teams that have not trailed all year. Well, I mean, two. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, done. I'm 
I'm going to nail this. Georgia, Bama, okay. Iowa. Uh, you got the conference right for the third one. You didn't get the third Oh, it's game. Penn State then. The University of Michigan. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wait, who was Penn Iowa State trailing really to? Michigan. Yeah, Penn State trailed against Wisconsin. Yeah, I was going to well, say, Penn State did, but like that's why I said Iowa first. Wait, who was Iowa trailing to? I don't know. Iowa State, maybe? I don't know. No, no. They they jumped on Iowa State early. Look now up. I want to look this up. I'm trying to figure out who Iowa was down to now. Wisconsin, maybe? Uh, they haven't played Wisconsin yet. I love that Did we they? I love that we get on we get on here every Friday <laughs> and we filibuster the hell out of the depressing <laughs> state of the Atlanta Falcons by just talking about college football that's completely unrelated. Well, to be and, fair, I mean it's it's easy to get excited about Georgia football, man. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's not. Um, I'm excited for when the dogs <laughs> come to Athens and we drop 35 on this this overrated overrated Georgia Bulldogs. People are saying. Um, Calvin Ridley, not traveling with the team to London. We have to talk about the Falcons first. Um, <laughs> Taji Sharp. Um, there's a person named Kendall Doss, who I think was a receiver at Ohio State years ago. That's where he sat. Like, it, that sounds right to me. Um, Christian Blake, is he available? Like, who is going Mom to lead? Oh, my goodness. Is he going to lead the Falcons in targets yes. on Sunday? He's going to have, like, yeah, we're not gonna throw yeah. the Kyle Pitts, are we? Ooh. It's gonna be a three catch, twenty four yard game for Kyle. <laughs> like, we don't have any other receivers. How do you not even throw it to him? That's Cordero Patterson and uh, Kyle Pitts. They'll lead us to the promised land. Cordero Patterson is gonna play running back, wide receiver. Uh, he'll be tight end. He'll also come in and play safety for us too. So we're we're, we're yeah, it's Cordero Patterson we trust. Well, speaking of Isaiah Oliver, lost for the season. Um, man, it's just everything's bad right now. Uh, everything's bad. But with Calvin Ridley not traveling with the team to London, what do you think the Falcons' offensive game plan will look like against the Jets, Garrett? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, literally, just throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. Um, I mean, if anything, thank God this game is happening at nine thirty and we're playing the Jets because no one's going to wake up for this game. First and foremost, second off, it's the Jets. So I mean, we're always going to have a chance at least uh, because we're playing New York, but. God, I mean, this is just this is just not a a, a pretty game. Like, I I don't think either team is really going to look all that good in this game. And um, maybe Mike Davis, we can put the ball in his hands. Maybe we can just throw underneath routes to uh, Cordola Patterson and uh, Kyle Pitts, and maybe Zacchaeus can get up over the top or something. Um, but I mean, I, I really don't think it's going to be all that pretty. Tajay Sharp, I don't know if Tajay Sharp has actually played a game since like. 2019 or something has he um mm. it was for tennessee i think it was for arthur smith up in tennessee but i, I, I thought he had a honestly, catch in week one maybe did he? i don't know I mean, who knows i mean this is just a this is just very frustrating hayden hurst is gonna hayden hurst kyle pitts cordero patterson and lamadie zacchaeus that's who we've got and that's what we gotta it's what we gotta roll with thank god we're playing the jets i guess but i mean <laughs> it's gonna be ugly it's gonna be ugly I think it's going to be ugly, but I also just, you look at this secondary, their secondary is atrocious. Like the Falcons, if they're what, like they're what, it stinks that Calvin Ridley is not going to be here because I really think he would have a field day against Neesman, Guidry, Hall, um, Colbert. needed it too. Yes. And Kyle, like who's covering Kyle Pitts? Like CJ Mosley can't cover. Uh, Quincy Williams? is covering Kyle Pitts. Who is? (laughs) Arthur Smith. Oh, Ooh. I'm going to use that for later. No, I can't, I can't go there yet. I think we should have a conversation about Calvin Ridley, though, because I don't mm. think 
there's been like a shift. I don't know if you guys have noticed this or if I'm making it up. Just sort of a shift in Falcons fan sentiment toward Calvin Ridley. Probably going back the last couple weeks and just like him not having the start to the year that he expected um, and that we expected from him and how much of that is his fault. There's like videos going around of him sort of shying away from contact and dropping passes. Um, and it was sort of a uh, uh, Arthur Smith made a comment in the post game presser, I think, or maybe it was the, the Monday presser. I'm not sure um, saying that Calvin hasn't been like as good as, as they need him to be and like how they expect him to be really just like kind of, kind of calling him out. Um, and I don't, it didn't get that much attention, but I, I'm trying to like see if this is putting two and two together here and there's something more to this than, than we're making. Um, we haven't heard why he's not going to London yet. It's just said personal reasons. Um, and I'm wondering if there's some sort of riff going on here. Mm. Um, I've actually been seeing the same thing. The body, I, I, the, I, his body language is just not positive. I know. Sideline. It's just, it's, it's, and he's, there's he's, something he's, wrong. He, it'll be it'll be like Matt Ryan will overthrow him and he'll like be very obviously upset. Throw his and hand up in the air. Yeah, we haven't seen that much of that from him since he was drafted because he's been so dang productive. Um, and there hasn't been a ton of reason for him to be frustrated. I mean, he's he's still third in the NFL in targets, so like they're looking for him a ton. But I just you know obviously I don't I don't have any inside info here or anything like that. I'm sort of just putting two and two together. And I'm wondering if that is is kind of what's going on, um, and, and I'm worried that that's what's going on. Hmm. I guess it's possible. We really don't know. It's still so early in the season, and like I think we do. We predict that it was going to be more likely that um, Matt Ryan would get upset about the losing and the the opportunities before Ridley. Like I, I don't know. Uh, Ridley's complicated because I hadn't really considered what uh, what it would look like, but I mean. Next year is not guaranteed, is it? Does he have his next year? Is 2022 guaranteed? His year 28 season? Year, isn't it? I think they year. picked up his fifth year option, right? They, they already did? Off season, I believe they picked up his fifth year option. This is okay. year four, so he'll be Yeah, so he doesn't get a signing bonus. Is, but yeah, there's no, there's like an $11 million dollar cap year. hit if they, if yeah. they cut him um, next year. So I don't know how that works if you trade him. NFL trades are so much more complicated than NBA and uh, Major League Baseball, it's a lot more difficult to to figure it out. But yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent after next year. This this, this offense has has two pillars mm. basically. He he's supposed to be one of them. And if you trade him, like what, like what is what are we doing? Like what is that? What does that do? But this is the year where you just sort of assumed he would get his extension, and he he and Kyle Pitts would you'd build the, the offense around them going forward. Um, are, are we convinced he wants to play here? God. I mean, maybe that's why he wants to. I, I, obviously, I don't want to speculate, which uh, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. But I mean, look, I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why he's shying away from contact. Maybe he's thinking about that contract. Maybe he's I, I mean, obviously, this is just pure speculation, but it's like the body language says he doesn't want to be here. The, the fact that he's shying away from contact says he doesn't want to like he doesn't really want to be here. I mean, like I, I don't know. I just get that feeling. I've had that feeling. Um, every game I've watched him play, it's just, there's just something wrong with the situation. Um, and now obviously he's got the personal reasons up for this game. And I mean, I, I expect that to come out eventually, like what, what's going on. Uh, I'm sure it will eventually, but I mean, I, he's a little older, isn't he? I mean, he's like what, 27, 28 now. Yes. So he's going to have one big major contract coming up. Maybe, maybe one after that, but I mean, he's playing for that contract at this point. Right, and, and, and 
let's say that's like a, a four-year, five-year extension, whatever, like that would get him to the age that Julio's at right now, right? Um, yeah, except Julio had the two extensions because Julio was a little right, younger. Right, right. And so you're yeah. right. It's like this is his chance. And so, you're, I mean, we're speculating like, you know, there could be a million reasons he's not going to London mm-hmm. and this could all be sort of uh, dumb speculation. But, you know, it's also possible he he wanted that extension done already before the season um, and for whatever reason hasn't been done. I mean, he's tweeted about that in the past about wanting like about being ready for an extension, like wanting to be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not done. And so, you know, maybe there's something there. Maybe he's thinking this should already be done. And why are they, you know, lowballing me? Or I don't know any of that. Um, it's just not good, man. There's not, not good something's vibes wrong. Falcons. Yeah, something is wrong. And I don't know what it is. Mm. I don't think uh, Arthur Blank's going to come out and say Falcon for life. With Falcon Kevin Ridley for any for any. Please God, hopefully, I hope he never does that shit again. Cordero I mean, Patterson I love Arthur Blank. Hand. I love those players, but it's like, dude. For the love of God, never do that again. Well, oh, speaking God. of Cordero Patterson, would you like to guess where he ranks in PFF grade for all uh, running backs who've got enough carries to qualify this season? Oh my! If he's God. not number one. Um, he's number one in our hearts, man. I'm gonna guess seventh. What do you guess, Garrett? Number one, man. Let's go. Garrett's closer. Know. He's number two. Oh, he's the number two halfback in the NFL. Yes, behind Derrick Henry. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Give me Cordero Patterson. Derrick Henry's on pace for like ever. a crazy uh, touches for Cordero Patterson on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, Cordero Patterson, we were all in on Mike Davis, but Cordero Patterson, man, he is, he's doing it all. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to expect on Sunday. I think they should win their favorite by what? Two and a half. Um, I got it. I got it. At three embarrassing and a half. Dude, your favorite two and a half against the Jets. Man, hey, this on. is going to be a sleepy one too. Are y'all waking up for this? Are y'all walk? Are y'all waking up at nine thirty? Yes, of course. I have to, man. Okay. I have to because of the Garrett's, Falcons. Garrett's flying to the game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, if the Falcons were actually worth the half damn, then I would I would have thought about it. But it's like, dude, come on. Garrett's entire travel itinerary is based on what Atlanta sports are doing. Like he's like, I hadn't really considered New York City here, but the Hawks are Milwaukee. Play- Milwaukee's beautiful this time of year. Yeah. I had a friend who was actually just up in Milwaukee, and she loved it. So, I mean, maybe. <laughs> they weren't playing it. What, are they playing at like 1 o'clock tomorrow or something like that? Mm. What do they play tomorrow? Who? The Braves. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think they're 1 o'clock on Monday. I don't know if they're 1 wa- o'clock on Monday, yeah. And I'll be, I'll be at the game on Tuesday. Okay. Whatever the, least, whatever the least desirable time slot is, you can assume that that's, that's well, probably where they are. Braves fans were complaining about that, and I was just like... This is the we will always complain about. But like that's reality. Like there's this no series, re- yeah, there's, there's the, you got the Brewers. Like that's how this works. There was all kinds of interest in Braves Dodgers last year, but it's the Brewers. Like there's just like you can talk up the Hank Aaron series, but like there is just not a lot of interesting pieces. There's no Acuna. The Brewers have no interesting hitters whatsoever. Um, Christian Yelich is not good anymore. Like there's all kinds of reasons not to be like unless you're a big josh Hader versus will smith in the bullpen guy like i don't <laughs> i don't know why a casual like why you would put them in a better slot than giants dodgers or like no I giants, just, dodgers west coast time zone especially i mean like that's that's gotta be the game dude i mean well everyone wants that they both won 100 plus games like what are you complaining about like that's clearly the better series like it's not even worth a question like the two best teams in baseball like yeah head and shoulders above everybody else right now yeah, it's like, also it's also just like a markets thing you know mm-hmm. like like those ratings are gonna be crazy for for out you know the giants dodgers like those two teams are much more 
yeah. of a national. I mean, the, the Dodgers especially, just in terms of like a national brand that garners like casual interest. Like the Braves and, and Brewers don't do that. Mm-hmm. What time are they actually playing the the, the Giants and Dodgers? Let's see. Because knowing Major League Baseball, they're going to slate that game for like ten o'clock Eastern time. I'm not because sure. No one, hates the, no one hates uh, marketing the MLB more than the MLB. Well, they're doing yeah, it's games at tonight. It, it is. Mm. Oh my god, they're such. They're incompetent. That game's going to end at like two o'clock a.m. East Coast they're time. They're so stupid. I, I'm sorry. Like I have nothing good to say about Major League Baseball. Mm. Like I'm sorry. You have two 100. You have 106 and 107 win baseball team, and you're removing an entire coast of the United States because you want to play it at nine o'clock. You're out why of your mind, dude. I, why do they, they are, play these games at five and nine instead of like you could just push the Braves game up an hour and play them at four and eight? Like, Monday night, just, you're not. No one's going to stay up at nine thirty-seven for first pitch. That's just so frustrating. I cannot believe that. Oh lord, they're 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 dumb. They're no one hates the MLB more than the MLB. Hmm. God, um, I, hate, I hate Rob Manfred. I'm sorry. Well, let's get Garrett a little bit happier. I can go up on a tangent here. Let's really make him a little bit happier, I'll Max. Um, John Collins baptized somebody else this week. He did. John Collins. Uh, going to be a great year from John Collins. Like, it's not going to be Cam Reddish breakout Paul George stuff, but it is. Uh, it's going to be pretty good. Pretty excited about uh, John Collins this year. Um, what have we learned, Max, from the Hawks? thus far in the preseason do you have any any new hot takes or not even just hot takes any new perspectives that you'd like to to throw out about the hawks as of right now i can't say i've been like locked into hawks preseason to be no? completely honest okay. um we we probably should talk about garrett brought it up uh, off air we should probably bring it on air about deandre hunter um mm. and mentioned some knee soreness that's not exactly two words you want combined in the preseason from a guy that is i mean it's a pivotal year for him um but I also think – I do think, and we can talk about that more specifically, I think that that speaks to um, how this rotation is going to sort of sort itself out. Um, and we've talked about that in the past, and we've been sort of stressed about, all right, how is Cam Reddish going to get minutes? Kevin Herter, uh, Bogdanovich, Hunter, all these guys, like these wings that we know, and Jalen Johnson, do we, like we want to get him involved. Um, this stuff works itself out. And I think, you know, if that – like – it, it speaks to the way that Schlenk has built this roster that if DeAndre Hunter, who is like considered a pillar of this rebuild, um, was to be out for the year, like that wouldn't cripple this team. Um, and in fact, would open up possibilities. Obviously, not saying it's a good thing, but that opens up breakout possibilities for Cam Reddish, like we're talking about. That opens up possible minutes for Jalen Johnson, which we all kind of want. Um, it certainly opens up an opportunity for Kevin Herter um, in, in a big year for him. So. You know, that's worrisome. I'm, I would love to see a fully healthy DeAndre Hunter for a full year um, it, with this team, with this roster. But I think the depth stuff will figure itself out. And I'm, I'm excited to see all of that. Yeah, I mean, this I, is a really deep roster. I just want to see him healthy. I mean, it's just it's just so it's kind of frustrating. And it's like, at what point do you trade him? Well, before his knee just like until like it gets to the point because like the the time is ticking where it's like if he gets a year and a half of this being a thing then it, just the trade value is just different like i there comes a point where it's like oh we're just trying to get off this injury riddle guy like the chandler parsons situation right where you're just like oh this is just clearly never getting better and See, play. I, I don't know but he's got so much more upside than a guy like chandler parsons so that's the thing it's like 
Chandler Parsons got a max deal. I was going to say Chandler Parsons was a was a yeah, star. Never made sense to me. Truth be told, no. But, Chandler I mean, Parsons put some respect on Chandler Parsons years. before the injuries derailed him. That dude was a great, great basketball player in the prime, prime of his career. All right, I'll take a step back. <laughs> I think I think I'm not going to die on that hill. <laughs> That's not a hill. I'm going to die. Chase, you brought this up, and, mm. and it's it's almost more important for the trade value because I mean we've talked forever about how the Hawks are going to get this this next star, um, and you would think that that either involves DeAndre Hunter or involves centering DeAndre Hunter in the future team that we want to win a championship, um, and so like yeah, this year is is the difference between DeAndre Hunter being a potential you know one B piece in a, a trade for a star. Or DeAndre Hunter like wanting to get off of that deal for an injury riddled guy before we have to pay him, and like the difference between those two values is pretty massive. Yeah, because right now he's still the guy with with an extremely high ceiling. He could be a, a prime three and D guy. Still, you, I mean, we took him with the third pick in the NBA draft. I mean, like my God, the guy's got value just in and of itself. But yeah, Max, you said you you nailed it. I mean, it's like we have to hit this before it's too late. But the thing is, it's impossible to know when it when too late is too late, and if too late will come. Because he still could be that guy. It's just at some point you got to push your chips in, and they got to do something. They got to move in some direction because it's like Chase. You've mentioned this a few times on this podcast, but it's like this team is so damn deep that it's almost too deep. Where it's like where you're gonna have so many guys, you're not gonna get into a rhythm with with, with too many guys who need too many mouths to feed. Um, I don't think we're necessarily at that point yet, but it's like we're getting dangerously close to it. Yeah, I think so. Um... Some positives that I will say from the preseason and having certain guys out is we're able to see some guys with expanded roles like Dylan Wright is going to be good. I don't know how this affects Lou Williams, um, his season, but Dylan Wright looks looks good. Um, I like what Sharif he brings. Cooper's also looks pretty good too. That man is not cracking the rotation uh, whatsoever. No, he's like he's going to be a Skyhawk legend. Like don't get me wrong, he's <laughs> going to be musty uh, in College Park Skyhawks, but um, in terms of the actual NBA rotation, no. Um, I don't see I, Lou Williams getting any more than like five minutes a game truthfully i mean well, i don't know how he plays game. like if if I don't know dylan wright is who he needs to be and kevin herter gets some uh, responsibilities bringing the ball up cam reddish does bogey does like i don't know if you need to put lou williams in for for anything i don't know if he he serves a purpose it was like a fifth fifth guy fifth distributor um, i think i think lou williams is, like, is the guy who like you know, he'll be a DNP coach's decision yes. for like two straight games. And then Trey will, Trey will sit for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And he'll play like 20 minutes and score like 12 points. And you'd be like, Oh, like that was nice to have. But yeah, like, that's not, like, should be his role is like when Trey needs to sit, he fills in. Right. It's, it's almost like it doesn't affect Delon Wright at all to me. Mm-hmm. Like Delon Wright's role is pretty set. And then Lou kind of fills in the gaps for scoring whenever that's needed for whatever reason. But in like a fully healthy playoff rotation, like if we play a playoff series tomorrow, I don't think he cracks that rotation. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I do think also someone else I'd written down that I think is looking good is Jang. Like Gorgie Jang is going to be, that's going to be a really underrated signing. I think he's going to be really, really good for us. Um, And my guy who is never going to be bad, Dwayne Dedman, still putting up great preseason numbers. I will like moving on from Dwayne Dedman, I would have maxed him out when we had him like i would have i would have given Dwayne Debin the max that man is gonna be a consistent rim running defensive three-point assassin for years to come that man is a delight but uh gorgie jang also looking good so i think with capella hurt uh anyaka and kong out for a while i think jang's gonna play a lot of minutes 
especially early on. And I don't think the the Hawks are going to miss a beat. I think it's going to be a very different style with him and Collins getting a lot of minutes together. But I am curious to see how that works. And there's going to be so much room for Trey to drive and drive and kick. And there's going to be a lot of pick and pops with these guys. Um, I'm very curious to see how Jang and Collins, what the numbers look like with those two on the floor uh, for extended minutes, because I think that is going to be what happens there. Um, We'll wrap up with the Braves, Milwaukee. We've talked about this series. Braves go into it uh, on the road in Milwaukee. Uh, The matchup to watch is what, Garrett? Uh, it's the Braves pitching, or excuse me, the the, the Braves uh, lineup versus the Brewers pitching. I mean, it has to be, right? Um, you've got a fantastic rotation for the Brewers, a fantastic bullpen. Yes, they lost Devin Williams, the setup guy, but at the same time, Josh Hader, great closer. You have a potential Cy Young candidate at the front end who, weirdly enough, is less than a year older than I am. It's super weird to still see that kind of thing. But, no, I mean, it's it, this this Braves lineup is super deep. Um, which is credit to Alex Anthopoulos because that really came out of nowhere these last two months uh, with all those trade acquisitions. But at the same time, it's going to be put to the test. And uh, I mean, if these guys can stay hot and, and jump on some of these on these pitchers and I mean, it's a tough rotation, but I mean, it's October baseball pitching wins games. I mean, this is going to be it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be a really tough series. But if they can, if they if these bats can stay hot, I like the brave chances, but they have to win game one. Why do they have to win game one? No, it's a five-game series. I mean, I, I firmly believe it's like game one is is almost always the most pivotal game for me because it's mm. like that sets everything up. You have Charlie Morton versus um, uh, I, I, oh shoot, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Corbin, uh, Corbin Burns. Yeah, it's Corbin, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, we got that line the the first game. I, I want to see what they can do. Um, and it's the momentum game. You can take home field uh, home field advantage. Um, game one is always just super pivotal for me. Just mm. yeah, I think. I think it's more like the way I look at it is the Braves have to win one of the first two, which is seems obvious. Like in a five game series, you have to win one of the first two, but you have to beat you have to beat Burns or Woodruff. And I think either of those games is gettable. Like, I, you know, I feel like having Charlie Morton in there um, is a pretty big asset and Max Fried in game two. And it's like those guys have. I, I wouldn't want to say they're as good as Burns and Woodruff, but like in the second half, I think I think they've sort of gone head to head. Um, and so if you get one of those games and, you know, then, then it's a series. But I think it's the kind of series where it's like this is probably going five. I hate five game series for this reason. It's like, yeah, if the, if the first two games go the wrong way, it's over. Um, but I, I think I do have I, I've been leaning more and more toward the Braves winning this series. Um, and I think that, that the power in the lineup is probably the main reason. I just don't want Dodgers Braves again. I don't know if I can oh, handle God, this back to back years. I don't want to play the Dodgers because they're not beating the Dodgers in a seven game series. Like that's not, no, they're not, they're not, they're not beating the giants either, but it's like, I, if they win this series, right. I mean, just getting to the playoffs and getting to the NLCS back to back years, is going to be very frustrating because I think this has been a good team. And if Acuna was here, we have a different conversation. Cause I think this team is so good outside of Acuna being uh-huh. gone. It's just that like getting so much out of Jorge Soler, we don't know what Freddie Freeman's uh, situation will be this winter. We don't know. Um, Travis Darno's health next year. We don't know what the rotation is going to look like with Soroka. We don't know if Max Reed, the second half, is going to stay because he's just been so dominant there. Um, does Ian Anderson keep it up? Does Will Smith blow up next year? Does Adam Duvall come back? Do we get an NLDL? Sorry, go ahead. what you have. You're in this situation because you've won enough game. I mean, this is one of the hottest teams in baseball going back to the trade deadline. I mean, I think I went back, did the math. Like, win percentage-wise, this is a 106-win team. 
Mm. If like you extrapolate that over the course of 162 games, obviously it doesn't work that way. Um, Trade Acuna. That's clearly been uh, the issue here. <laughs> we got to move on. I can't do it. <laughs> um, Ewing theory, I, anyone? This team plays well. I mean, they've gotten I healthy mean, and they got high. It's kind of Hawks. It's kind of Hawks-ish the way they played in the second half, and they they were on like a fifty-nine win pace, I think, after uh, Lloyd Pierce was fired. Yeah, but none, none of us were like, "Oh, the Hawks are like the second best team in the East or the best team in the East" until they proved it in the playoffs. And I think that there's a possibility there, but then it's like it's a little different than that, where it's like, "Okay, are they really going to beat the Dodgers in a seven-game series?" I feel like that's not going to happen. Um, we're all zero and zero right now. I know it's it's. But, Right. Wordplay. But it's like at the, you know, at that point, like, like we have to just believe that the Braves are what they've shown them to be in the second half, and which is a serious contender here. And like, maybe I don't want to say they're the favorite in this Brewers series, but it's not like the Brewers are substantially better. What is the better? No, I mean, we got the, we got the better end of the of the spectrum. I think we're the second. The we have the second worst time. odds of winning the World Series. I remember seeing that. Like, we're the the second worst. I think the only team that had lower World Series odds was the. Uh, the Cardinals and they got eliminated. I mean, that's just because we had to run through the Dodgers and the and the Giants, mm. and then potentially I mean, um, the the Rays or the the Astros or. No, I'm just talking like purely National League. Mm. I mean, I'm not even going to focus on the American League until <laughs> until we get even remotely close to it. But I mean, I, that's the thing. I'm not I'm not ready to count the Braves out of this series. Not yet. Um, What's your I official prediction? They can do tonight. Say what? What's your official prediction? Braves and I think the Braves win this series. I, I really do. I just think that the the power hitting, the lineup is is going to come through. Um, and playoff experience speaks loudly. And I think the Braves kill the Brewers when it comes to deep playoff run experience and like winning games when it counts. Uh, and I think that matters. And I think that matters. Um, I think the Braves win. I want to say four, but I'm going to go five. Braves and five. Max, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say Braves and five, too. The, the, the complicating factor is that game five is on the road, um, yeah. which, you know, that's always the case. But I think I think this is a – what, what you were talking about, Garrett, with the experience, Like I don't think this is a team that goes on the road for an elimination game and is, like, cowering in fear. Um I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's a bit of a toss-up, but I think with the way the Braves are playing, like, I, I – more and more believe they're going to win this series. I think the Braves win it too. I'm going to say Braves in four. I'm going to say Braves in four. Um, well, I want to check this real quick. I want to mm-hmm. check and see what our record is. Yeah, we actually have a better away record than we do a home record. Mm. I, well, four games, so not all that much. Well, part of that is just when you have to leave the city of Atlanta to go play your home games, that uh, that, that pays, a, pays a toll. <laughs> I'm not, not going to justify that with a response, <laughs> so we can move on. <laughs> you could throw a rock and hit the city limits. My God. <laughs> Unless you're Thor. I don't know what kind of rock throwing you're, you're doing here. Um, hey man. Unless you're... Unless you're uh, yeah, I got a cannon. Put me in right field. I've always said, downtown Atlanta, Kennesaw State University. They're one and the same. Uh, Kennesaw... Oh, God. <laughs> It's too easy, Max. It's too easy. Um, we can find Garrett on Twitter at GChapATL. We can find Max Markovich, who has not tweeted this fall semester. 
at Max underscore Markovich. He's, we'll he's away. In. We'll get back in the game. How has that been? It's probably been pretty nice to be away from, from social media Very for the nice. most part. Really nice. But I, I'm too tempted to come back, so it'll happen. Okay. I'm going to bet when the Hawks season starts back. That's when we see Max oh, yeah. back. Well, you know, latter half of this Michigan season will be way too tempting. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be back. Garrett, I have to ask you before we go. Uh, I've bet against Georgia way too much this year. Um, are they going to cover this weekend? Yeah, they'll cover. I mean, this they've they've allowed point two six points per drive. Uh, I think I get it. It's they're, they're, the defense is too much. Bo Nix is going to throw a pick or two. Um, it's going to be interesting though. They haven't. They actually haven't played well the last two times they've played at Jordan Hare Stadium. They haven't really played all that well. They had the the shellacking in twenty seventeen and then twenty nineteen. They had the twenty one fourteen game um, where they kind of just fell asleep in the fourth quarter. But this does appear to be a different Georgia team that's covered in all. I think they're four and one against the spread, I believe. Um, so they're playing pretty good football right now. Auburn is Auburn's coming off a very emotional win last week. Um, I can see a bit of a letdown game in a game that you don't want to have a letdown game in. So Tank Bigsby's also kind of banged up. Um, I think Georgia covers. But I mean, what is it like sixteen points? I think it's well, fifteen or sixteen. I saw fifteen, sixteen. If it's if it jumps over eight, if it jumps over twenty, which it won't, obviously get that high. But I think Georgia, I think Georgia covers this game. I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. All right. I have Auburn. I said that on the record too. Okay. I have Auburn. I also went on the record and said they beat uh, Arkansas by twenty-eight points, and I was pretty damn close on that one. Hmm. I think Auburn's a little bit better than Arkansas, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't know. We'll fundamental see. football, fundamental football. Arcan- no, there's Arkansas is one of the best in the country at fundamental football, just wrapping up tackling and running the football effectively. But that's exactly what running the football just runs right into what Georgia wants to do. And that's the same thing Auburn does. And Bo Nix, TJ Finley, whoever's playing quarterback, I don't know if they're going to have time in the pocket. Um, if they, if they get down, it's going to get ugly. But I mean, Auburn's a good football team. I'm not, I'm not, I, I think they can hang with Georgia for a little bit. Um, but I think the talent discrepancy is just too much. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Max, uh, we got to get off this call because Gary's got a flight to catch to Milwaukee. <laughs> I got to get up to London, I get to London. Milwaukee and then flip around and get to get to London. Milwaukee, so. London connecting through Milwaukee. <laughs> that sounds like a <laughs> drag. Oh my goodness. That sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds awful. Um, all right guys. Well, thank you as always. It's always great talking to Land Sports with you guys. Make sure to follow the good folks over there on Twitter.com. Uh, leave us a five-star rating and review if you like listening to just the the premier Atlanta sports guy coverage in the city of Atlanta. Uh, guys, I will talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.